1: Welcome back to Love High. You're actually listening to a special episode of Love High today, which actually isn't Love High. Ah, it's all an illusion. not I'll get
0: you out of my
1: actually tuning into an episode of Mad's World Today an episode that I appear on and it was an interview that I couldn't wait to share with all of you as well as all of her audience as well she was interviewing me all about heartbreak so this episode contains even more heartbreak healing tips it also includes part of my story and Mad's own breakup story as well So if you're curious about my heartbreak healing story, what happened, you need some more updates, you need some more juicy gossip. You also wanna hear more about Maddie and her own heartbreak journey. This is an episode you really want to listen to. I thought it was perfect to share this recording with you now because I'm trying to take some time out and have a little bit of a break whilst I'm over in California because I'm working on some very exciting projects and you know how important it is to have downtime as well. So I'm trying to not over exhaust myself with work so that when I do come back to London, I can power into the life of work and give you all the amazing content that you deserve. So let's get into the Mads Worlds episode. <laughs>
2: Hi, Florence. How are you? Hey, I'm really good. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I'm very excited to have you. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) So let's get stuck into our speed date question round so our Mm -hmm. listeners can learn a little bit more about you prior to our discussion. So can you tell me a bit more about your YouTube channel, Come Curious, and how this sort of began?
1: Yeah of course um so I've actually been doing Come Curious now with my friend Reed for 7 years if oh you can believe God. it which is is mad I feel like 7 years ago people weren't really talking about sex and stuff openly yeah. which is I guess why we were starting to open up the conversation mm-hmm. so yeah the YouTube channel is a it's like a sex advice relationship body positivity sex education mm-hmm. mental health discussions all of that platform um, where, yeah, me and my friend Reed just want to open up the conversation so that people can feel more comfortable when it comes to themselves and their relationships with their sex and their bodies.
2: Amazing and that makes you the perfect guest for this podcast because I think we're achieving similar things on Mads World. So um, in addition to Come Curious you also host a number of podcasts including Fucks Given and Mm -hmm. an upcoming new podcast which is very exciting. So can you tell me a bit more about these as well?
1: Yeah so Fucks Given is a weekly podcast where we discuss everything sex relationship, fetish, kink, STIs just really opening up the conversation about all the topics that you don't usually want to cover and we also mm-hmm. just started this amazing new thing with our guests where we get them to talk about their fuck off stories okay which are like these bizarre stories that you kind of kind of like your party trick but in a sex <laughs> sex story so we Love get that. those those stories in the podcast every time from our guests and also our listeners as well which is really Mm fun Um, amazing and then yeah in 2020 at the end of it I launched my own podcast uh, how to heal a heartbreak Mm -hmm. which was inspired by (laughs) my own struggles (laughs) Um, and yeah it was kind of a process of wanting to heal myself and learn more about what this traumatic Mm -hmm. event was because I I, before that point, I don't think I'd really experienced heartbreak properly before. And then once it hit me, I was just like, oh, oh wow, this is this is difficult. And it's something that people don't really ever I feel like people gloss over it and that they Mm -hmm. don't really give it the time that it deserves. Like yeah. You're, you're grieving. So it, there's a whole healing process to ending a relationship. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, that was what inspired the How to Heal a Heartbreak. Um, it was my own journey through that whole experience. And yeah. um, since then, I think, well, yeah, it's like nearly been two years, which is mad. Um, I've got my new podcast, Love High, coming out at mm-hmm. Um, on Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. this year which is kind of a transition from talking about heartbreak and figuring out like how we can really support ourselves through our healing journeys but then also just figuring out more about love, relationships, partnerships, like everything that surrounds that um, and why we kind of have grown up with such an obsession with love and Mm -hmm being told that we are, you know, not whole without another partner and Mm -hmm. figuring out attachment styles, commitment issues. I literally want to bring up like every single topic to this new podcast. I'm so excited about it.
2: I think it's so interesting that you said that we sort of gloss over Heartbreak in this way, because I Mm. think it is sort of glamorized in a way, because obviously a lot of artists lean into that, whether it's like music or whether it's art or whether it's, you know, whether it is podcasts or whatever, it's sort of given this glamorous edge but when you're actually going through it it is yeah. so traumatic and it is so hard and it's not it's not like this glamorous beautiful thing that you see on tv it's just it fucking sucks it's so painful and mm. you don't you don't really expect it to hurt so
1: so bad
2: yeah I mean great topic to have a podcast <laughs> on because I think there's so much to delve into mm-hmm. um so apart from podcasts and YouTube what else is keeping you
1: busy at the moment so I'm actually working on a book at the moment which is really exciting. Mm. I'm in the process of working on this book where mm-hmm. it's basically turning in how to heal heartbreak into a book that's going to help people as well, which I'm very very passionate about as you can tell. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to finalizing that. I think it's going to be a long process though. I I'm delving into the publishing world for the first time and yeah. uh-huh. Yeah, it seems to be pretty long. So maybe you'll expect that out in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting though. Good
2: on you. That's awesome. Thank you. And I've got two sort of fun questions. So, well, this one's not too fun, but what is your biggest
1: fear? Wow. I, I, <laughs> apart from like sex, heartbreaks and all of that stuff, I was yep. like, my first reaction is sharks sharks they're so that's scary my, that's my big I, I literally <laughs> can't even I can't swim in the sea because of sharks although really? I did actually um go paddleboarding in Croatia last last year was there any sharks was, well I saw like on the island's Instagram page that they had seen dolphins and I was like wherever there's dolphins there's sharks man is that a real
2: thing because people say that but I'm like I don't know I feel like dolphins wouldn't hang out with sharks because they'd probably get eaten
1: I feel like they're always in the same kind of vibe. Like they're always in the same kind of scene. They're seat. just vibing. Yeah. But <laughs> I think they're like low-key friends. Low-key <laughs> friends. I mean, I
2: don't think sharks have friends, but you know what they say, fish are friends, not food. <laughs> um, and my last question for this round is who is your celeb crush? Yeah, that would have to be
1: Jake Hall.
2: Is it? He's been doing I... a lot lately
1: uh he's just he's the old school Mm -hmm. favorite and whenever he re-pops up I'm like oh damn yeah I missed you (laughs) (laughs) you're like where
2: have you been in my life yeah I think he's so cute but I think I'm a Timothy Chalamet kind of girl at the moment like oh
1: really yeah
2: I watched Little Women the other day and I was like I'm sorry but you're just iconic like He's so iconic, and everything he does. I watch June, his yeah, cheekbones, yeah. his jawline, the whole thing. Yeah. I like love you. Can't I'm weirdly not
1: into him at all. Have like, you watched him in any all. movies yet, though? Yeah, I saw June. <gasps>
2: but <laughs> just this is what baffles me about
1: attraction: is that people can be attracted to people that I'm not attracted to, and vice versa. Right? I just see him as too young for me. Like he doesn't. He doesn't give me that like. <laughs> big powerful man vibe that I want yeah but I like a skinny boy do, I you? do. yeah I do yeah I have that <laughs> hang up where I because i'm I'm five foot seven so I'm not like a particularly small mm-hmm. um person so <laughs> I like to feel small okay in com- yeah in comparison to my partners
2: Yeah, I feel that. I mean, that's the thing with skinny boys. They always make me feel a bit fat, but I'm like, do you know what? (laughs) I'm leaning into this body positivity
1: movement. Exactly. If it It means I
2: can have Ikea meatballs for lunch, I'm going to have them.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And I I do agree. I do agree with you and it shouldn't be a thing, but it's Mm -hmm. like hardwired into my brain. I need to date more skinny guys and get over this. Go for them. Just seriously
2: give it a try because you know what? They're just like, you can put your arms all the way around them and like squeeze them. And it's just like, I don't know, they're just like a little bean. Like it's great. A little bean. (laughs) Like a skinny bean.
1: (laughs) It sounds (laughs) so hot. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, yeah, it's hot. (laughs) Let me tell you, it's a hot little bean. Speaking of skinny little beans, so we're here to talk about <laughs> Eric's boyfriends. So <laughs> can you tell me about, and this doesn't have to get too deep that we mm. get upset, I feel like we're here to inspire people. Yes. I've got a good, a good, good friend. My best friend is currently going through a heartbreak and right. I wanted to do this episode to, to help lift her up and bring oh. her back and give her some advice. Yeah, she's really yeah. going through the ringer. So I think, Whew, could you tell that. me, yeah, I know it's been heavy, but- could you tell me about a time when you felt heartbroken and then I'll sort of, I can contribute as well and tell. I've sort of touched on the time I got heartbroken um, in 2021 yeah. on the podcast a few times, but I've sort of been too, I haven't been properly over it until now where I'm like ready to speak about it. So
1: wow. yeah, yeah.
2: Here, now's the time. Here we are.
1: Part of my process weirdly was talking mm. about it. So like, mm-hmm. that's why I started the first podcast Mm -hmm. I mean the last couple of times that I have been heartbroken were by the same person um Mm -hmm. because we broke up in summer 2020 and that was like the first time I properly experienced heartbreak and I think Mm -hmm. it was I think it was way like really heightened as well because of the pandemic and we had such like um almost like this crazy insular like romanticized Mm -hmm. relationship where you know, we fell in love in the middle of this pandemic and it all just seemed so kind of crazy and romantic in this like Romeo and Juliet kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when we kind of figured like life was getting back to like a little bit back to normal, not that Mm -hmm. it's ever really gone back to normal since the pandemic, it kind of just, um, Actually, he took me by surprise the first mm. time massively because I was kind of just really in there, really enjoying the whole thing, like being like I was so happy and we were just having a great time. And then suddenly he was just like, oh, this is getting, you know, it's mm. getting a little bit too much. And I didn't mm-hmm. really want to be in a relationship. And mm-hmm. now I, I feel like I just need to step back. And mm-hmm. um we had this weekend where Mm. we like started the conversation on the Friday and it was just like, okay, wait, is this, is this actually happening? And we, it was, he came over to mine quite late at night on the Friday and then, Mm. and he was like, right, let's, he was like, let's cycle to mine. Um, so we cycled across London at night together very mm-hmm. it was qu- it was so nice I feel like we always went on such like adventures together yeah. I never really did that with anyone else but it mm-hmm. felt like so I don't know big at that moment special yeah special and um mm. and then we we ended up having this conversation on on the Saturday where we were like okay cool well maybe we do just need to take a break from each other and I was kind of devastated and I was mm. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of tears but mm-hmm. at the same time we kind of just decided to spend this last weekend together and like yeah kind of make the most of it and we we had um high sex for the first time like he smokes a lot of weed and it yeah. was like the first time that I was like you know what I, I've wanted to try having sex whilst high so we had this like that like the last time we had sex that at that point it mm-hmm. we had this incredibly deep <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> with, sesh <laughs> big sesh yeah um and and then we on sunday kind of he walked me to one of I think was it London Bridge? I don't know, one of the, one of the bridges mm. on the Thames <laughs> and we, we had like this final kind of like hug and goodbye oh. and kiss on the bridge and then I just went my separate way on my bicycle and oh, cried God. my whole cycle home just like, what the fuck has just happened? Oh, my I-
2: poor thing. <gasps> I can feel it in my soul. Like, right? I <laughs> feel it in my chest. It's
1: so bad. And then I just got home and oh. crawled straight into bed mm-hmm. and didn't get out for the rest of the day because I was mm. just like, what on earth just happened?
2: Yeah, and it's a physical feeling. Like yeah. I can feel it now and I can remember
1: like what it's like. It's just so bad. I'm yeah. so sorry. Uh, in the middle of the pandemic as well, I think that's what yeah. made it so kind mm-hmm. of deep and heavy. And I'm not going to lie, like that plummeted me into a really bad time with my mental mm. health. I, yeah. I got into – um quite like a deep depression in those months yeah. that we weren't together.
2: Yeah, that's really difficult. And I think in the in the pandemic as well, everything like your universe became so much smaller, you know, even just yeah. in, in your own house, like it, the little dramas around the house became so much bigger and so much more out of proportion yeah. because we're kind of trying to deal with this tiny universe of being stuck in lockdown in your house, whereas like outside there's this massive Universal mm-hmm. problem going on with everyone at the same time. Yeah, it was it was really strange. It was like we we felt connected to people in other countries and across the world that were getting ill, but then yeah. also trying to manage your relationships, your direct relationships with the people that you were allowed to, you know, communicate with in person. Mm. It was such a strange experience, wasn't yeah. it?
1: And if I think it was still, you know, the pandemic is still going on, so mm. I remember just feeling so alone. As yeah. well, and I didn't have like the distractions that I would usually have.
2: Yeah, exactly. If I was going
1: through a heartbreak, like I couldn't just get out of the country and travel because mm-hmm. I like the time that, um, so we got back together at the end of mm-hmm. the year and then we ended up breaking up again oh, in no. August, which I knew was going to happen at some point. Like, and this time it was very much a well, this was always going to happen because, yeah, he wasn't ready for a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that time I I was just like, I need to get out. And like at, mm. we could actually travel at this point. So I got myself like to Croatia for a week and I was yeah. just like, just trying to process, I think, everything that was happening. And what's mm-hmm. funny is that I was listening to podcasts and journaling and mm-hmm. those were the things that were really helping me get through.
2: Yeah. I think podcast really helped me. It was, do you know what it was? It was Elizabeth Day's podcast mm-hmm. and hearing about, um, cause she has a podcast called how to fail. I think like most people know about it, it's, it's pretty massive, but yeah, she was talking about relationships on there with someone and just yeah. hearing that other people, I think one of the things that helped me so much is just knowing that other people have gone through this too. And that, yes. and hearing about friends that have been heartbroken and stuff, but then like we were saying earlier when you were saying that it doesn't get enough airtime and it gets glossed over when someone tells you they've been broken up with like someone at work or whatever and you Uh haven't been through it you're sort of just like oh that sounds hard or that sucks but you don't realize what like the the grief they're going through and like that they probably can't come into work or they can't you know Mm -hmm. go out and do things like until you're actually feeling it you're just like oh shit like this is really serious, you know, like, this is
1: bad. Yeah, I, I think that's probably how I was before mm, these, yeah, me too. these heartbreaks is that if, yeah, mm. someone was going for a breakup, I would just kind of equate it to the breakups that I went through when I was like a teenager or like in mm. my early twenties. Even the weird thing is, is that I like, I was in a four and a half year relationship and I lived with mm-hmm. my partner yep. and I wasn't even heartbroken after that when we broke up.
2: Mm, I think it comes from like the first time you get properly rejected as well because I think rejection is the main, it's the, it's the reason why heartbreak is so difficult because Mm. I think if you're the one, you know, breaking it off for your own reasons or whatever, you, you might feel it, but it's that feeling of like complete hopelessness and rejection and there's absolutely nothing you can do to rectify the situation. That's, that's the hard part. So I think for me, so when I um, was living through the pandemic, I was living in like a small share house Mm. and this guy moved in and he kind of like showed me a new, just like a new way of life. And like, then I got sober for like nine months because I was just struggling with alcohol during the pandemic loads. And we would do lots of things like what you were saying, like lots of adventures and we'd go on walks on the canal and we'd go on bike rides and we'd go on hikes and all this like wholesome stuff. Mm -hmm. and. I sort of like, yeah, and I sort of like fell in love with myself through doing those things and like getting sober and, you know, realizing I have like all this stuff to offer and everything. And then I sort of like fell in love with this guy in the process and I was living with him like in a house of four people. Mm. And then eventually we sort of ended up getting together, like friendship sort of like just grew into love and all those things. And Yeah. And yeah, like I was just like so in love and so happy. And I had this like idea of the future of how everything was going to look. And like he I knew he was moving up um up north sort of when was it? It would have been, you know, mid 2021. Yeah. Or early to mid-2021. And I was kind of like, that's okay. Like I'm in this for the long haul. We're best friends. We're in love. I'll move up north. And um yeah, yeah and I was like ready. And then he moved. And we tried to do long distance Uh and I thought it was going really well. And then one Sunday I get this text and it's like, hey Mads, I'm hoping to come to London today to have a chat. Are you free? (gasps) And obviously when you get that text. Oh,
1: God, the let's have a chat.
2: Yeah, the feeling like my heart sank, like my stomach flipped. I like instantly started crying. I was like, are we breaking up? Are we breaking up? I was like calling. I was like I went a bit crazy. And then, yeah, he came down, we broke up. I do respect him a lot for, like, coming and doing it in person, but in a way I'm yeah. like, God, I wish that was on the phone or something because yeah. it, was, it was weird, like, because it happened in my room, in my house, in my new house, I felt a bit traumatized, like, being in my house. I had exactly the same thing with, yeah. with the
1: most recent breakup. And, like, yeah. a- afterwards the memories of the breakup just st- yeah. they They stay there.
2: Yeah. And it's just this pivotal moment where you're like, oh my God, I can't even be in this house. I feel so anxious. Yeah, And yeah. we had the same thing, like we went out onto the street and it's like the hug and the kiss goodbye. Cause it's like, you don't want it to end, but at the same time you're like, get away from me. I need to just go and die now. <laughs> like- oh my
1: God. I, yeah, I definitely on the, the last time, well, yeah. the, the, the proper breakup um, with this, I was not as good as you in this situation. I think <laughs> like we spent like from maybe like the morning like around 10 to Mm. like 5 Mm p.m um Discussing the breakup and like breaking up, and like I, uh, towards the end of it, I was like, Please don't go, don't leave me, don't leave me. Why are we doing this? Don't go, yeah. And you and get I was, to like, this weird begging, to
2: it's like a weird begging stage, and you're like, literally. I know this is pathetic, but I literally am at like, you're just scrambling for anything, and you just start going, like yeah. Please, 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 and then you're yeah. like, Oh, looking back, I'm just cringing. I'm like, How hard for that other person who's trying oh, to do the right thing, yeah. and you're just like. And even if you were to convince them, it's like, what, what then? <laughs> like, what right? are they going to stay with you and be unhappy? <laughs> like, it's just so, you go through such weird things and like, yeah. you see people in movies doing it and you you hear of your friends doing pathetic things or whatever. And you're just like, oh, I would never be like that. But then when it push comes to shove and you're in it, it's so, you act so erratically. It's weird. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like this, it's like this. Kind of beast comes up inside you, and it's just like this pure emotion, and you can't Mm -hmm. stop it.
2: And it wants to protect you, like it's trying to protect you from getting hurt. And it's like, I'll just do anything to stop feeling this bad. Yeah. Yeah. So then I just went to my friend, I went to my friend's house, my friend Sam, and Mm -hmm. I literally stayed there for like three nights in a row because I was like, I can't go home because every time I think about being in that room, I'm just like scared and I just didn't want to go back. But yeah. And then I think. Yeah, that was that. And it was just so hard. And I think it was those feelings of like having no control mm-hmm. and feeling like your future has been taken from you and feeling like you're spinning out of control and, you you know, you don't know what, what's going to happen. Like it's all those feelings that are just yeah. so – crazy and they make you act crazy and you just cry at random times and you're like what is going on literally
1: oh my god I was so dramatic after (laughs) that heartbreak I was literally walking around the streets it was raining like really (laughs) fucking hard and I was just like I was walking around in the rain like nobody else was on the street because it was torrential Mm -hmm. and like I was just bawling my fucking eyes out just like Oh, oh, my days. It's like being
2: in a music video and you just Literally. walk around and pretend that you're in, like, some sort of sad <laughs> Rihanna song or something. <laughs> God, it's such a cliche, but it's cliches for a reason because everyone does this stuff. Yeah,
1: and I, to be fair, like, I really felt like I needed that in that moment. Like, I needed to just get all that emotion out in, in like, an iconic way. <laughs> <laughs> An iconic way, like I hope someone's filming this because it's so iconic.
2: <laughs> Slay,
1: yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's interesting oh. though that you say that you're like you had that friend that you immediately went mm-hmm. to. I mm-hmm. um, I, I remember texting my best friend just mm. being like we just broke up and she was like I'm coming and she came over like in Mm. the next like I think she was there within the hour with like with ice cream with my favorite matcha latte from the cafe downstairs and like she was like look we're gonna get through this together and like I don't think I had ever felt so supported by anyone ever in my whole life. It was so nice. And I think it's those friends as well that like you know you would be there for them and like
2: it's it's it will happen to them as well. And I think it's just I felt so lucky. And I remember at times thinking like imagine if you had no friends. What would you do? (laughs) Imagine you had no one. Imagine you had friends but no one who was like Mm -hmm. your person that would like Mm -hmm. let you ugly cry to them. Like what would. I feel really bad if people are experiencing this and they don't have that support. But I guess that's where... There must be so many people that
1: don't have that person.
2: Yeah, and that's when the darker sort of stuff comes in. Like that's where mental health and and this sort of stuff goes hand in hand. And it's just so, it's terrifying. So I've got a few questions that I think will be good discussion points for us to sort of bounce off. So apart from the rejection, why do you think it is so difficult? Why is it so hard to go through a heartbreak? So
1: I've spoken a lot about heartbreak with my therapist and Mm -hmm. it always kind of boils down to the fact that it taps into like all of our deepest vulnerabilities and basically our child selves. And we're kind of reliving a lot of, I guess it's just, yeah, we're reliving our past in a, Mm -hmm. in a weird way or like, you know, just, just our deepest vulnerabilities, which are like abandonment, being unwanted, being rejected. Like these are all the things as human beings that we like so deeply fear, Mm -hmm. especially when we've been in relationship, which quite often can get very codependent.
2: Yeah, and it makes you feel very supported and safe and coddled and like all those things. I mm-hmm. think, yeah, all those things that make you feel really safe safe but then yeah. you have it's weird because you've felt safe before that mm-hmm. but it's like you've got this new idea of safety and what yeah. comfort is and stuff now that you've got that person but then yeah. when it's gone you're like oh the idea of being alone is just so shit yeah. like but you've done it before you know it's, it's just so strange how your universe can sort of shift and change
1: based on who's around you yeah I think love's a drug as well isn't it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like when we we basically we have a slight addiction to our partners and like our brain is used to getting this serotonin like mm-hmm. from, from hanging out with them, from being with them, from sex, from the intimacy and suddenly like when that's cut off, you're basically... In withdrawal and your brain's like, yeah, well, yeah, where's all this serotonin gone? Like this, <laughs> this you need this. And this is why we get like, Oh my god, shall I shall I text them? Shall I do this? Cause our brain's like, Come on, just feed me, feed me. Yeah. I and need- you want that little hit, like
2: when they send you a message. And then if they were to text you without you texting first, that's like the ultimate like serotonin boost. Cause you're right. just your brain can go into overdrive thinking, like, what does it all mean? Blah blah blah. But of course they're missing you too. Of course they want to text you yeah. as well. But it's just something sometimes not the right thing
1: yeah for sure
2: and so there's kind of like these universal feelings I think everyone goes through and they're Mm -hmm. like they're different to the normal feelings of like grief or loss or sadness it's it's sort of like these feelings like like I was saying before that you have no control over your future or you feel like your future plans have changed like whether you had holidays planned or Christmas plans or whatever you feel like that's been ripped away from you without you know any control of your own yeah and there's there's other feelings that are like like when people are saying oh it's okay you'll get over it soon or you'll move on soon but it's almost like you don't want to move on sometimes because you still Mm -hmm. have this hope that it it will be okay and you're like don't say nasty things about my ex-boyfriend like I
1: still love that person you know it's yeah oh that that that's so unhelpful when friends are saying really mean things about them. And you're just like, yeah, they were just in my life for like a really long time or even a short time. And I really liked them. Yeah. (laughs) And I still kind of hope somehow that we'll get back together, you know, like,
2: and people are saying, it's okay, you'll get over it soon. But you're like, but I don't want to get over it because Mm -hmm. that's sad.
1: And the idea of being not in love with them is so sad. Yeah. Because it means that you've moved on and it means yeah it means that they're fully not in your life anymore and that that can be so hard to digest because Mm -hmm. yeah if you're you know if you're really in love with someone you don't want to let them go
2: yeah, exactly, because the idea of yeah, letting them go is sort of the final step towards
1: mm-hmm.
2: not being with them.
1: The hardest step out of all of them.
2: Is there any other feelings that you can think of that anyone who's going through a heartbreak might be having those weird sort of universal feelings?
1: I mean, I think the weird thing is, is that you can link it to grief in such like a, and like a loss of a life and mm-hmm. other types of grief. Um so I think like that is just something that goes with heartbreak and you're going through all the same stages of grief, basically as yes. if you, if someone died, yep. which is kind of crazy. And sometimes, I mean, people say this, sometimes it feels worse than if someone died because you're like, they're still out there and they don't want me. They chose this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like they're just out there living their life and yeah, like you just – and you wonder – it's like wondering like what are they doing? Like mm-hmm. are they, you know, talking to other people? I remember one of my yeah. friends went up north to visit her family and she came back and she was like, oh, I saw oh, your ex on the weekend just walking down the street. And I was like, oh, okay, like who was he with? And she was like, just a friend. And I was like, was it a girl? Oh. And she was like, yeah. And I was like <coughs> – oh. oh, God. And it's like, oh, my God, he's really out there. He's really out there like living his life and he's probably yeah. like – and then you do stuff like I pay – this is so tragic, but I paid for Hinge Premium to change my location <gasps> to where I know he lives so I could <laughs> see if he was on Hinge. And I know that's insane because it's like 30
1: pounds and obviously I requested oh a God. refund from Apple but like <laughs> – like nomads, don't be doing that. It's toxic. Oh, I definitely went through a stage where I was on. I use Field dating app, and I was like literally just swiping through everyone yeah. to see if I could find him. Like, are you here? Are you are you are you
2: here? Are you trying to like are you trying to hook up? And people don't even have their face on there, so you end up looking at people's torsos, and you're like, is that your torso? Like, <laughs> and don't recognize it. <laughs>
1: oh my I never did find him on there which I'm kind of glad for it's
2: so good it's so good when you don't see them but then you're still like maybe I haven't swiped for long enough yeah yeah <laughs> I mean
1: I I had this weird like, I had this deep kind of sense this weekend weirdly that I'm like because I I saw my ex last week for the first time we we oh hung God. out as as friends and it was really really nice but um then I then I think it got in my head again a little bit and um and then this weekend, I was just like, he's not—you know—he's not reached out at all since mm. since we chatted. And oh um, god, and it's just like I'm like, you're seeing someone,
2: yeah. You're, you're overthink, and now you're overthinking it. It's yeah. like, is it worth it? Is it no, worth exactly? Hanging out? And yeah. also,
1: if he is, he probably is seeing someone, and that's totally fine too. Uh-huh. But damn, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, and you just want to be
2: the one who's better off. Like you just right? want to be like. I'm doing so good. Yeah, yeah, Maybe just
1: a little bit better than you. I mean, I feel like I am in so many other ways. It's just you like. Are. Look at you go. You're writing a book.
2: <laughs> Look at me go. Look at you
1: go. I don't need them. <laughs> and also the, this has helped you to write the book. So really. Exactly. Like, it's all for the best. Yeah. He's just, you know, sparked, you know, I could be. Yeah. He's, he sparked a lot of. Um. Things and I think he's like, he has been the source of help and healing for so many other people. But not for you, <laughs> Yeah, fuck him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think um, th- there is a, p- a point where you have to look back and be like, "I really was changed for mm-hmm. the better," or I like yeah. can't try and realize that the good things that you saw in that relationship. Because yeah. I think, like I was saying earlier, when I realized that like I'd sort of fallen in love with myself again, and yep. I had the courage to like start the podcast, and then it was really yeah. successful, and all those things I wouldn't have done without him. So I'm yeah. like, okay, maybe things do happen. I hate the saying things happen happen for a reason reason. because – Things just happen because they fucking happen. Like, yeah. you know, shit happens all the time. But I think if you can look for meaning in yeah. things, especially when you're grieving, looking for meaning in either a person's life or a relationship that you had, it can that can be part of the healing process mm-hmm. too.
1: I feel exactly the same way. Like, I really, like, he really helped me find myself during mm-hmm. like the pandemic and mm-hmm. all those adventures, and just being like, oh, I am the sort of person that can do this. Yeah. And like you know, it opened up so many different ways of thinking and he really checked me sometimes, which yes. was so valuable um, and inspired me and, you know, so many amazing things. So when, when we saw each other last week, actually, we were kind of, we reminisced about that and we were like, you know, like we really did that for each other and we mm-hmm. really got each other through like the worst parts of the pandemic like yeah, which is what we parts. needed. Yeah. You
2: needed someone to be doing that with you. Like I mean, I've found that in a housemate and a boyfriend, you know, it was mm. very lucky. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it was also, yeah, I mean, obviously it ended badly. But, um, yeah, at the time it was – just you could kind of just hang on to whatever you could to get through all the weird yeah. stuff going on
1: around us yeah we, but we both changed in such like a great way like I think both of us have really experienced that kind of butterflying after a breakup where you know we can look at it and see the good in it and the healing and like when you really take time and heal yourself and really look yep. within it's so worth it because you're mm-hmm. just going to be so much more prepared for life
2: Absolutely. After after heartbreak. And everyone sort of says to heartbroken people things like it's going to be okay or time will help and Mm -hmm. like it's all true but what sort of tangible advice would you offer to someone who's really going through it? And this was a question from my friend who is
1: going through it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We need to sort her out. (laughs) So – Yeah, I would definitely say, like, this is probably a really annoying thing to say as well, though. Like, Mm. you have to feel it. Like, you have to sit there with your grief and get all those fucking emotions out. And being with that dark self, Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of means kind of not relying on distractions and not just getting straight back out there and Mm -hmm. really being with yourself and reconnecting with who you are Mm -hmm. um but more kind of like tangible practical things I would say journaling really really helped me through my whole heartbreak um first of all I started with like video journals Mm -hmm. and then I started writing things down I wrote actually started with um writing down like lists and Mm because at the time I was just like how am I going to be happy? He was like, mm. he, I was like, he's the only thing that makes me happy. Oh, so you. I, I, so hard. I sat there with a list that was just like the happy list. Okay, like what, <laughs> what can I write down? And I was like, okay, I'll write re- like really small things. I was like, I was like you know, when I water my plants and my plants grow. We are so similar. It's weird. Like (laughs) I literally was looking after this cheese plant and cheese plants can't die.
2: And I was just looking at, I would like polish its leaves. I'm like, okay, I can't eat healthily today. I can't get out of bed. I can't do this. I'm just going to polish the cheese plant. Yes. And that
1: is enough for today. (laughs) For sure. And just like writing all those small things. And then like, Mm. and then I wrote like an action list for the happy things. So like if, if, um, getting a new tattoo would make me happy then why don't I book in getting a new tattoo like all of those kind of things like if you like going on countryside walks just get yourself out on a walk um Mm -hmm. I know this is it's not doable for a lot of people but like a big thing for me was getting out of the country and like being by myself and whether that's just getting out Mm. of your house or visiting somewhere new local
2: even just getting
1: to like the hills
2: or like getting to the countryside you know I think getting out of London for a day even to the seaside I feel Mm -hmm. like that really helps it down to Brighton or something it's just so nice get some fresh air because it's a bit of a you get in the bubble in London and it's very like it's very hectic and Mm -hmm. you're gonna hear people arguing outside your house I mean I live in like in North London, and yeah. people just yell at each other in the
1: street. And I'm like,
2: <laughs> yeah. you're stressing me out. Like, I need to get away from you.
1: Yeah, for, for me, I had to kind of re-realize, like, what life could offer. Oh, yeah, that's such a good way to put it. Because I was just like, well, you know, I can't see what good life is without him, you know? So yeah. I had to get out there, see, like, the beauty in the world. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I went I went to Croatia, which was really nice. I just went there for a week and I took my mum with me. So that was just, that was good. Although she wasn't that, she wasn't great emotional support because whenever (laughs) I spoke about it, she would start crying as well. And we both sit there crying because she was like, I feel what you're paid. She was like, he was so nice. Oh God. (laughs) it,
2: It is weird how that happens. Like I think now that I'm helping my friend go through a breakup and then when she was helping me go through this breakup, you sort of get triggered And like (laughs) remember the feelings of your own breakup, and like there was times when um, Sam would say to me like I just need a minute, like and like you have to kind of give your friends Mm -hmm. that space as well to be vulnerable and and feel their feelings, and you can't drain them too much. You can't be a vampire friend. You need to give them some space, even when you're feeling like no, I can't go home. Like just one more night. She was like, Mm -hmm. no.
1: this is starting to trigger me you need to go and I was like okay fair enough you know something that really helped me was doing voice memos to as if I was voice knowing my ex Mm -hmm. so it was like all the things that I wanted to say to him but couldn't say I would just sit there and I would literally record like 20 minutes (laughs) of like me just talking to him but not talking to him
2: it's like a whole <laughs> podcast episode dedicated especially to him
1: <laughs> and they're all on my phone somewhere which is hilarious oh god
2: I think in terms of advice, this is what someone said to me. um, And you know when someone says one little quote and you're like, oh, my God, that's going to be my mantra to get through this. Yeah. And um, so she said, when life feels like it's saying no, it's actually saying not yet or something better is coming. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, because that kind of allows you to feel that hope that they're going to change their mind. But then it's sort of like by the time – that they might or whenever that time comes, like something new and something better is already on the way. So it's like, it's kind of like everything is going to be fine, you know? Yeah, it
1: is isn't. everything's going to be fine moment.
2: Yeah. Because it such is.
1: It's a nice quote. Like, it is, yeah. That's that's the hardest part about heartbreak is that it feels like nothing, it feels like you're never going to not feel that pain anymore. Yeah, it does.
2: And, and it's, uh, yeah. yeah
1: you, you really do get there and I think as long as you're doing like as long as you're sitting there with your feelings and really figuring shit out and oh mm. my God, get a therapist because they help so much during, mm-hmm. during a heartbreak. Um, yeah. You're going to get to a point where you're like, oh fuck,
2: I don't, I don't hurt today. Yeah, and you have a day where you don't cry and you're like, yeah, yes, that was good. And whether well, it takes two weeks or three months, it's like, yeah. it's going to happen.
1: And there'll be weeks where you're suddenly like, oh shit, I haven't thought about my ex for a whole week. And you're thinking about a new person. Uh-huh. Well, not <laughs> or even, no one, sometimes or no not one. even that though. I think I mm. got I got through – I had like two months where I didn't have sex or date anyone mm-hmm. and then when I – I went to LA for three months to like really focus on my healing and um, and then I kind of dated and like hooked up with people for like two months whilst I was there and then I got to this point where I was like actually – I just need to do Mm. this by myself now. And I just, I I was like, there needs to be a healing, like a big healing with the codependency Mm. and not needing anyone and just being happy by myself. Yeah, And that takes time. It It just takes
2: time. And like, it doesn't even take, I mean, you know, journaling and therapy and all those things are good, but I think it just takes time being by yourself and learning to enjoy things on your own. Yes.
1: That's the best thing you can do for that. Do things that you enjoy solo like go, yeah. go on a walk by yourself go hiking go to the beach by yourself mm-hmm. like all the things that you might have done with someone else but enjoy it solo or even just reconnecting with friends like I think
2: yeah I'm someone who can neglect friends in a relationship like uh, unintentionally but I just get so wrapped up in my own relationship but the thing I found in the last year is just I've got such good friends and I just love spending time with them I love like we went to Whitstable on the weekend and like the whole thing we're just laughing like pissing ourselves laughing the whole time I'm like I'm sorry if I was here with a guy I would not be pissing myself laughing out of control like all day do you know like it's so good to just reconnect with your friendships and like strengthen those bonds as well and that helps you to realize that it's fun to be alone too
1: because being alone doesn't mean being alone alone exactly I definitely had that realization of how important friends were as well Mm. Um, and really felt into all of that as well and just felt so grateful to have such amazing people around me and I think if
2: you're out there listening and you don't have those strong friendships like there's things you can do to sort of meet new people and get out there and like, I've definitely done episodes in the past with like friend dates so if there's someone that you like are in touch with on social media that you know you haven't actually met in person yet because of the Mm -hmm. pandemic or whatever like reach out to them and just this is the time if you if you're not putting energy into a romantic relationship put it into a friendship like just
1: build them up Go on dates with your friends and dates with yourself. In terms of like
2: the worst advice you've heard on healing from a heartbreak, what would you say is some of the the worst things you can do? Because I think people throw around a lot of of advice when you're going through something because they just kind of want you to stop talking about it or, you know, (laughs) it's just their own experience with it. And I think for me it's, the whole to get over someone you have to get under someone
1: else I think that is just so toxic <laughs> yeah I think I think that's really true I think obviously I think the hoe phase can be really beneficial oh yeah in some ways but it's when you're ready like I don't think it's a force I, yourself I, yeah. I don't think it's a healthy thing to do straight after if you're really fucking hurting like I I don't yeah I don't think that getting underneath someone straight away is good because I think it's Mm -hmm. it stops you from feeling the feelings it will it will be a distraction ultimately and I think yeah I think distractions I think people people do this as well when their friends are heartbroken they're like let's go you know let's just go out and get drunk and go party and uh, like, you know, they just try and distract you. And whilst that could help in the short term, it's just going to prolong the healing. Mm -hmm. And you might, you know, and if you do just like move on straight away and find a new boyfriend, you're going to be in exactly the same situations or or girlfriend or partner. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. you're going to find yourself in exactly the same situation you were before. You'll be Mm. replaying out all the same patterns and ultimately you're going to have you're not going to have learned about yourself, and it's just so sad because, yeah, I feel like heartbreaks, even though they're so so hard, it's almost a gift because mm-hmm. you learn so much about yourself through the healing do, process. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's 100%. just it's so valuable. Yeah,
2: I completely agree, and I think, like you said, it's it's all just things to, to numb the pain, but it's all temporary. Like whether it is like finding that relief through like sex with other people or whether it's through alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, it's a temporary relief Mm -hmm. of a long-term ongoing problem. And I actually went through this whole breakup sober, which was insane. (laughs) I stayed sober for like four months after, but then um, the Euros were on in England, and I was at (laughs) Fox Park, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm gonna test out drinking and stuff. And now I've kind of found a a nice balance. But that's good. Yeah, it really, um, it really like propelled my healing and like Mm. like skyrocketed my healing because I was I wouldn't numb the pain all night, then wake up with the crushing anxiety. Doubled with a hangover, doubled with whatever. Yeah, it was like I was just constantly feeling it and like living in that feeling, which was yeah. really helpful. And obviously, I'm not going to, you know, tell people to go sober when they're going through a breakup because that would just be fucked up. But it was <laughs> super helpful, like to try and spend time, you know, sober, yeah. feeling my
1: feelings and sitting with them. It's worth recognizing the, that the fact that alcohol is a depressant, so even though it might. Temporarily make you feel a little bit better in the mm-hmm. long run, it's going to make you feel worse.
2: Yeah, 100%. And um, do you think it's wise to stay in touch with an ex? And then, in terms of like the best time to block them or unfollow them, like I'd love to hear
1: your thoughts on this as well. So, for me, I would 100% suggest that people go contactless, like as mm-hmm. pretty much as soon as possible. Yeah. Because I think when you do still have contact, you basically just are holding on to what you had in some way, in some shape or form. Like Mm -hmm. I I had this, I was listening to this podcast when I was going through my heartbreak and they were talking about going into a silence container. And I was Mm. like, I really liked the wording of that because it felt safe and it felt like something that I was going to leave at some point as well. Like it, it, it wasn't a forever thing. So yeah, I, I kind of immediately went into that kind of thing with, with my ex. And I, I think that was really beneficial for both of us was to literally just have zero, zero contact. But I, th- I think, I think in terms of all of, of all of these advice things as well is you really do have to go with your gut. Because, yeah. you know, those times where you're feeling like, oh, I really, really want to text them. I really, really want to do this. There's always like a little voice in the back of your head being like, that's ultimately not a good idea. This is bad for you. Yeah. Um, or maybe there is something that you need to get clarity on. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to do what you
2: need to do. Like you need to make your own mistakes. You need to learn. You need to. And I think, in terms of blocking or unfollowing your ex, sometimes it is just a case of when you're ready because you can force yourself into it, but then you're just going to find yourself, you've got your Finster or your private account, and then (laughs) you're not looking and you feel bad for doing that and all these things. I think I've gotten to the point where. I just don't look at it even though I haven't unfollowed them because I know that I can but if I'm exercising the self-restraint, I feel good about it. Yeah. And then you get to the point eventually where I'm like, okay, I don't need that person anymore and I unfollow them and all their friends and I'm sort of like, okay, okay that's done but i don't need to check
1: for me you know there's a setting on instagram where you can just mute people so that they oh. don't they don't come up in your stories and you don't see their feed posts but you I don't love that. but you don't have to unfollow them so like you can still be each other's friends. Cause I think quite a lot of the time, like when we do break up with someone, mm. it's not like you literally want to delete them from your life forever. Like.
2: Yeah. And the thought of that is quite traumatic in itself because you're like, oh God, yeah. I'm losing this whole friend and this whole person. Exactly. So I think mm. muting,
1: I would say mute them immediately, to be honest.
2: I love the mute. I just like forgot about the mute. I'm going to have to yeah. bring the
1: mute back. Yeah. but And also I think obviously the mute is great but sometimes you don't have the restraint not to like look at their profile every if you find yourself consistently going back to their profile then i would block them
2: but then it's so hard cuz it's like i feel like i would find a way you know like i would just find <laughs> a way anyway like you can block yeah. them but then i'd be like to my friend oh I'm in your story. Like, can you check if that person's watched your story? Like, I get weird. Like I go FBI mads and it's just bad.
1: Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> one of the things that I really missed when um, we broke up was not seeing their name in the people that had watched my yeah. stories.
2: Because that's what you check for. And that gives you yeah. that little serotonin boost again. That's yeah. like that little thing when you're like, ding, that feels good. Yeah. You're looking at me. Ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they're probably just skipping through anyway Literally. like not even
1: looking <laughs> yeah they're just like swipe swipe we're so swipe. up ourselves Literally, like, they're like oh they're they're like well, <laughs> they're listening on every single word that i say yeah and i'm nah. so like cultured and
2: you know well spoken and all these things <laughs> oh god so just in wrapping up, yeah. how can we possibly stay hopeful of falling in love again when heartbreak is just so hard? And like, do you think it is all worth it?
1: Oh, it is. Like, you know, love is love is the best feeling in the whole world. Like, yeah. Imagine going through life and never falling in love again. Yeah, depressing sometimes I feel like we need to feel pain to feel Mm. the happiness or, you know, to recognize the love and happiness that we do have in life. So almost, you know, where there is great love, there's also going to be great pain. And I don't think that you can get around that, but at least you're really living into the whole human experience.
2: Yeah, we could just feel numb all the time, but it would be no fun. How boring would would that be? How boring? There'd be no podcast content ever. Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. I think, yeah, I think there's like a point as well where people are just ready again. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of believing that you, you know, you deserve that. You really do deserve that.
2: I completely agree. Oh, Florence, you've been such a good guest. I really enjoyed this episode. It was so fun. It was so much fun. And I feel like I am really grateful that I'm over my ex and I can talk about it in a way that will hopefully help other people listening out there. Yeah, exactly. So thank you so much.